presented by OGRacing.com. 1-800-934-9112. For all your safety needs. It's a walrus, bronco in the cartoon. All the best safety products. OGRacing.com. Thanks for listening to Swapango Show. Right, that's right. So back to your measuring thing. Um, each part that's homologated has a weight to it. Okay. And so they won't necessarily measure the thickness, but they can at any time take the nose off of our car and weigh it. Weigh it, and if it doesn't meet at least meet or exceed the homologated weight, mm-hmm. and the homologated weight will be raw carbon, the way it comes out of the mold at the factory. If it doesn't meet or exceed that weight, your pitch. Huh. Wow. So you should sand the outside and then paint the inside for extra weight. Paint the very bottom. And then so you're the bottom. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you're that, making, you're making it a little bit smaller. It's punching, well. it's punching a smaller <laughs> hole through the air. Well, I'll give you a but story. But it still weighs the same. Yeah. You make him sand through a do- don't know. <laughs> brand, brand new car and he's brand already like, oh, I'm sand through it. <laughs> well, I can tell this now because it's happened and they can't throw me out now. They, they have a skid under the car. It's uh-huh. a big, giant... It's 25, it's 25 millimeters thick, wow. made out of jab rock, which is a well, that's heavy. super heavy wood. Yeah. yeah. That's like almost an inch. Yeah. Yeah, Dang. it is. It's an inch thick, and it's, the, it's probably uh, 16 inches wide, and it runs the whole length of the car. So it's six, seven feet long. I don't know what it weighs. It's heavy. God, and, I've weighed that. I've held that stuff, and it is not light. No. It's like the heaviest plywood you've ever felt. Yeah. 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 We always, somebody I'm sure knows this, but we always said, you know, I wonder what a Jabrock tree looks like, where they get this wood from. There's probably not a Jabrock tree out there. I don't know yeah, what it is. Comp- it's like a layered composite that's crazy. But yeah, yeah, but it's super heavy. Yeah. And so we have to run that skid on the car, and it's a homologated part. And so we had, and I won't say what program, we had a car <laughs> that couldn't make the minimum weight so we had no ballast in the car and so what we did was we so the this this plank or skid is bolted to the bottom of the car yeah in like a bunch of bolts yeah yeah so it never comes off and tech people never look at it what's what's its main purpose a okay skid plate, huh? oh it's a it's for a skid plate but the main purpose is safety. Okay. So back in the days, I don't remember what era it was, but they were flipping over sports prototypes a lot. Oh, like they would get Atlanta sideways. Mm, this is after this, that. Okay. This is okay. the modern LMP cars. They would either go backwards over like the Audis did at Le Mans, or they would get sideways. And, and mainly it was sideways. And they would turn sideways and catch the air and flip over kind of barrel roll upside mm-hmm. down. Right, so the big fin on the engine cover is to prevent that when it goes sideways, is to kind of keep it from flipping over. Mm-hmm. It's the same 
So like problem. the NASCAR flap, like car tomorrow, but like the LMP Same. version of it? Exactly. Okay. You know those big ugly holes in the top of the fenders where you can see down into the tires? Yeah. It's for exactly the same reason. Because the car would go sideways, the air would come in over the oh, tire, push up on that, ah. and flip it over. So mm -hmm. now the air comes through that hole, and it doesn't tend to lift the car up when okay. it gets sideways. Well, the plank on the bottom of the car is another is the third item of that whole uh effort yeah, to get it to flip over, over. Okay. and so how would that help that well so the way the air comes underneath it hits that plank and the plank is tapered on the edges okay so it actually acts as a spoiler if you will and it kills the lift underneath the car when it's sideways yeah and so it's 25 millimeters sticks down an inch yeah and it's like a roof flap under the car, oh, essentially. Interesting. Got it. So it does exactly the same thing when it's at the sideways. same time, then. Huh? Right. Then the other thing is, it hits. Yeah. It's the first thing that hits the ground, <laughs> so you don't wear out the bottom of your yeah. carbon fiber floor. So is it 25 millimeters at the beginning of the race? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I see where you, this is going. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so the first question the racers ask, of course, is, "Oh, 20? Okay. So what it is is it's 20 millimeters after the race. Oh, okay." Not 19.9999, 20. And if it's 19.9999, you're thrown out. And so we as engineers have to try to guess, calculate, understand what's going to happen over the course of a 24-hour race and make sure that our plank starts out at whatever we want it to. We can make it start out at... 21 millimeters right and as long as you don't burn run through. it so low that we don't yeah. burn off a millimeter mm -hmm. or we can start out at 25 and run the thing really low and hope he doesn't hit the curbs too much and hope yeah. he doesn't go off track to avoid too many gt cars and come back on and <laughs> scrape the plank and come in at 20 plus millimeters yeah, yeah. so yeah it's a game it's hard it's hard yeah. um was it this year it was either this year or last year one of the podium LMP2 cars at Le Mans was thrown out because the plank was too thin. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Man. Yeah, See, they take it seriously. I love pro racing. This, this is how my mind works, man. So, so how did you make minimum weight with the oh, plate? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> what so, did you do? So the plank's real heavy. So we flipped it upside down. Yeah. Chucked it in a mill. Yeah. And we basically routered out <laughs> big pockets in the bottom of the plank. Yeah. Turned the plank back up Looks and the same. bolted to the bottom of the car. And they never unbolt it. They just make sure that it's there. So we routered out about 20 pounds of Jabrock and then bolted back on and went. And now our car could make minimum weight. <laughs> That's awesome. And it wasn't really legal because the plank is homologated. It's a part that's homologated. But my argument was going to be, if they ever said anything, was that it's homologated, but the picture in the homologation only shows from the, the bottom. one side. I said, it looks exactly like the picture in the homologation. It doesn't show the other yeah. side. And I said, I was going to say, show me why this is illegal, because you don't know. Maybe it looks like that. Yeah. yeah. You, the picture doesn't look like that. Mine looks like that. That's the way I came that way. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Any, how, uh, how, much, never had say how much weight did it actually save? It was like 20 pounds. Wow. Yeah. So you were close to minimum weight, but not quite there. We, right, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, wow. 20 pounds is 20 That's pounds. Awesome. Right. If you're carrying right. 20 pounds for 24 hours. Right. Now there's an actual rule in there that not only says the plank has to be homologated, it says you cannot modify the plank as supplied from the manufacturer in any way. 
Interesting. Was that because of you? Mm, or I, maybe some other people, too? I got a pretty good feeling <laughs> I was not the only guy that thought, it, yeah, thought yeah. that up. Yeah. All those planks look like they're different. Right. They? they must have milled them all different. Right. <laughs> Um, we can start running them through like X-ray machines. Any, uh, I mean, you've been racing for thirty plus years. Um, any of the uh, any similar, not cheats, but uh, rules interpretations. Uh, like, what's oh, what's yeah. your favorite one that you could talk about? Like, what's the one that you brag to your uh, yeah when you're your when you're at the bar hanging out with people? <laughs> I've got a I've got a couple. The coolest ones are ones that they make a rule about because oh, of yeah. something that Afterwards. you did yeah. and, yeah. Then, and, and it kind of has your name on it oh that's the you know whoever whoever rule yeah so I got one of those and then the greatest uh, the one I thought was really cool that we that we didn't get a rule about but so I'll tell you the one that there was a rule made so I'm running cars at Indy at the Indy 500 and if you've ever seen how they do tech at Indy for qualifying you you get in line, and they have the plate on pit lane. You have to go over the plate that measures the ride heights and the weights and all that stuff. You roll off the plate, and then you're in line with maybe four more cars, and they send one car out at a time. So you have to cross the tech plate every time you want to go out for a qualifying attempt. So the rule said, well, the first year, there was, I don't think there was any rule. So I came with no mirrors. You know, you have the... It's like a formula car mirror. Yeah, bolts yeah. in the side of the tub. you got this little tiny mirror on either side. So we're going out to qualify. Nobody else is out on the racetrack. Take the mirrors off. Let's save some drag. So we go across the thing, and the guy's like, oh, where are your mirrors? I said, in the garage. And he goes, we have to have mirrors. I said, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> he whips through his rule book. <laughs> no, I guess you don't have to have mirrors. Okay, so we went out and <laughs> qualified without mirrors. Next year, there was a rule. You have to have mirrors. It said they, it actually had a size, have to be so many square inches, da 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 So I go through for qualifying, and the same guy, he says, ah, where are your mirrors? I said, they're on the car. He goes, where? What I'd done is taken them, you know, normally they both through the tub on the outside. I turned them around and put them on the inside of the tub, <laughs> right above the driver's hands. Yeah. He's got to look at his hands this time. Yeah. And he goes... You can't do that. I said, well, I think you can. <laughs> it's like the same guy. Right, the same guy. He looks in his rule book and he goes, damn it, yeah. It yeah, you got mirrors. All right. So we qualified that way. <laughs> the next year the rule came out. You have to have mirrors. They have to be this side. They have to be mounted on the outside of the car, affording a con consistent rear view, view of the yeah. rear of the car at all times. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. It was like a half a page of your mirror rule. <laughs> And so I had to run <laughs> mirrors that year. <laughs> that was a fun one. The other one was I was running Alan Kowicki, who it was a NASCAR champion. Him and I grew up together yeah. in Wisconsin. We raced yeah, go-karts together. Yeah, you talked about him last time, yeah. So I was running Alan in ASA, which is kind of like the K&N series of today. Mm -hmm. It was the stepping stone into NASCAR Bush Grand National at the time yeah. or whatever. This so, is what, 80s? 80s, yep. Yeah. So we were running against guys like Mark Martin and Rusty mm -hmm. Wallace and Allen and guys like Dick Trickle and Butch Lindley and all of these kind of mm -hmm. guys. That was the era. Traveling around, race, race, race. We were in Canada, Cayuga, Canada, running one weekend. Yeah. And there was a minimum ride height rule where they would, they had this roller. It was about a, I think it's probably four inches. It was a just a steel roller on a stick yeah and you would come through tech and they would take this roller and they would stick it under the front valence of your car and the roller had to go under the car 
That was how they checked the ride height. Well, we didn't want to run four inches. We wanted to run two inches or something much lower. And everybody did. And I don't know why they had the ride height rule. They did. Yeah. So we, the way that those cars ran in those days, they had a perimeter frame rail and the front wishbone, the front lower wishbone went under the frame rail and pivoted off the inside right up near the motor. Okay. So that if you picture the frame rail going over the wishbone, there, there was a gap between the frame rail and the wishbone. And as the wishbone went up, it got closer to the frame rail. And yeah. when it went down, it got further away. So we're like, Alan and I are trying to figure out how we can run the car lower. So we came up with this great idea where we're going to take like a one-inch dowel, you know, like wooden dowels. Yeah, yeah. And we cut them off to the right height, and we spray paint them black. And we jack our car up right before qualifying in our fire truck. We stick that dowel between the wishbone and the frame rail. We lower the jack down carefully on both sides, and the car holds up at 4.1 inches. So we push it. (laughs) (laughs) A little chunk of wood holding it up. Right. So we push it around to tech, and they stick our roller under, and perfect. We go through. Alan goes out on the racetrack, he turns left, and the right wood piece falls out. He turns <laughs> right, later. going into the one, and the other one falls out, and the car goes boom, down on the ground. Because <laughs> they never check the right height after Afterwards. the qualifying or anything. And we go and call <laughs> and we do however we do, and we think we're like, we're geniuses. This is like awesome. Well, Cayuga is, you're in the pits, and it's one of those short half mile kind of things where you, uh, all the cars, you, you know, your rental cars and stuff, you park outside, your yeah. haulers inside the track. End of the day, nighttime, we're done, we've got our backpacks or whatever, and we're walking out. And you walk out from the pits across turn one over the little uh, entranceway. So you're walking across the racetrack and to go to your rental car. And it's night and dark and stuff because we're done working on the race car. And we're walking out there, and Alan and I, and suddenly Alan goes, oh, shit. I said, what, what? He goes, there's one of our dowels right there. So I'm leaning on the inside apron of the racetrack, a little wooden dowel. And I go, oh, no. So I kind of walk over. We kind of both walk walk over there, and we're going to kick it away. Yeah, yeah. And we look down there, and there's like 30 of them. Everyone's <laughs> doing the same thing. Like, no way. Oh, I guess we're not that smart. <laughs> You're only as smart as the next guy. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. So That's it was like, okay. So well, we thought you, we were brilliant. We weren't that brilliant. At least you figured it out, too. Oh, man. Yep. I love that. So oh, they did away with that rule after that. Or not right after they that. They got sick of picking up dollars. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know what that rule was even for. Interesting. There's some other good ones. If you want to hear a couple of yeah, videos, absolutely. So. How much time we? How much time we got in the memory card? <laughs> we got, we got, we got 17 hours left. Oh so. boy! Yeah, we got, we got a lot. You do. I might we have that lot. many stories. <laughs> we could do this again, but yeah, let's get a few more. Some of those short track ones were were pretty good. There's a guy. I mean, the hidden, hidden nitrous bottle, that was always, that was a thing. But there's what? a guy. Hidden, yeah, hidden nitrous bottle. Oh, the one in the frame? Uh, like in, in, the frame? In, in your pant leg. In you, your pant leg? That you plug in to the, under the firewall did before you, do you that? go. No, we did not. People that. did that. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I guess you could do it, you could do it with your hydration pack. Yeah. No, you the, could do it with your, your water bottle. Yeah, yeah. They the just little, not drink out of it. The little 
nitro, uh, yeah, they, nitrous they sold bottle. the little sneaky Pete nitrous yeah, bottles. Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. And you just yeah. sit in your pant leg and the whole tube's in your sock. And when the driver gets in and he pulls it, he reaches down like he's doing something. And he plugs that into the little fitting that's under the dash that goes to the carburetor. <laughs> now, we didn't... I, I, I've done a, that, uh, that. We didn't do that, but He's I know people cheap, who have done that. And just, <laughs> right, not that way. But there's the um, oh man, the simple ones like the roll of duct tape that's hollowed out with lead poured into it, and the mechanic leaves it unqualifying, and he just kind of tosses it in there, you know, and he, hey, and the driver's getting out, and he just tosses that in there, and it looks just like a roll of tape, <laughs> weighs eight pounds or something like that. That's, that's always that's a good a one. Conk, yeah. Or the driver with this one we actually did do. <laughs> the driver with like 10 pounds of ankle weights oh, yeah, yeah. on each leg when he goes to get weighed before because they weigh drivers, you know, at the start of the weekend and then they use that weight to add to your car. Okay. So the driver shows up with the... 20 pounds of ankle weights on his legs and gets his official weight. And you probably did it, but everybody else did too. Yeah, I think that was like the dowel thing. I don't yeah. think that was, that was just to keep even. You know, yeah. just, you had to do that just to keep even. Um, there was a guy by the name of Gary Ballou, <clears throat> who a lot of guys don't know about. He's probably most famous for a car that he took, and I wasn't there for this. This is legend. No, it's true, but he's a legend because of it. He took a car to Syracuse, which I think is a one-mile dirt track, super fast, and they run mod used to run modifieds there. Okay. And it was called the Batmobile, and it was like a weird-shaped car that set all the records and killed everybody at Syracuse for that thing. But he went late model racing, and he was so his job was a he ran drugs in Florida. That was his main job, and <laughs> he didn't tell anybody at the time. It's a great <laughs> career path. No. Yeah. Lucrative. It was great career path for yeah. racing because yeah, you needed that kind of money stories about that, yeah. to go racing. <laughs> he, yeah, he was in. The, he yeah. was, he was the asphalt short track late model version of yeah. Randy Lanier, kind of, kind of the same kind of thing. The guy was, he was a really nice guy, really, but and built the coolest race cars and always had the money to do whatever he wanted to do, and so Gary was racing with us. And one of the things that was, and this wasn't particularly illegal, it was just nobody else could afford it, I don't think, and probably really dangerous. But what you would like to do is change, you've heard of weight jacking, mm -hmm. you know, NASCAR guys will jack weight. They're really not changing the weight distribution so much, they're changing the load on the each tire, wheel. Yeah, right. yeah. What you'd really like to do if you could is actually move, like if your battery is mounted at the right front, depending on the handling car, you might like to take your battery out and mount it on the left rear yeah, during yeah. the middle of the race. So what Gary did was put these cylinders, I don't know, picture like a fire bottle, like a, the current race car fire bottle size cylinder on the frame rails at each corner of the car, connected them with braided hose through a pump oh, no. and filled one like of a, them with mercury. See, like a fluid with transfer mercury. system? in the car filled it with like a <laughs> gallon of mercury heavy really heavy and then he could turn switches in his car and pump the mercury from tank the a left front to, the to there and, and to bending on as the tire started to go off and the fuel lights oh, that's brilliant. The fuel started to burn Whoa. and he could pump this mercury and everybody rock. saw this happening 
Not really until he crashed. Oh. Mercury everywhere. He crashed in <laughs> Jefferson, Georgia in turn one, and one of the tanks came off, and the mercury leaked out into turn one, mm -hmm. and they essentially... And rolled they, down turn one. Yeah, and then essentially <laughs> EPA shut the racetrack down for a long time, and wow. they had to dig down, like, I don't know, some ridiculous amount, take all oh the dirt gosh. away, and oh it God. was a big deal. Did they just kick some dirt over and say, don't tell anybody about yeah, this? Yeah, Oh, wow. Yeah. See, if he just would have used water... But it's not Might heavy not enough. Might a big deal. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You, need the, you need the weight as, as heavy volume. as you can. Oh, it's right. probably like, what, three, four times as heavy as water. Yeah. 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 And, and like, expensive as oh, all yeah, get out. Yeah. I mean, he had probably had $25,000 of the mercury in his car. Mm -hmm. I, I picture him just getting, like, a bunch of thermometers <laughs> and just, like, emptying them one by one into it. That would take, like, 25,000 thermometers. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know where you buy. <laughs> I mean, who do you call up and say, I'd like a gallon of mercury. Yeah. I don't know who you call up. The but. Ford dealer. Back in the day. No, no, good, one. Uh, good, one. good one. Good one. Good one. Good one. Good one. Good one. Not a good one. Not a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. So that, that wasn't really illegal. The other more one. More dangerous. Environmental. <laughs> the other one Gary came up with, which was really good, was you wanted, you'd like to run fuel. They always took a fuel sample at the end of qualifying. Yeah. And you'd like to run some kind of fuel. But how do you do it and not get caught? You can't put it in your tank. They'll catch it right away. So you've probably seen these Fram fuel filters. It looks like an oil filter size yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. but it's a big, giant kind of fuel filter. So Gary showed up with like four of them in his trunk. Uh -huh. It's like, well, why are you running for fuel? Well, you know, I don't want to get any dirt in my carburetor. And not like, at all. Eh, something's not right here. So what you did is you fill up the four fuel filters with whatever fuel you want to run, fill up the fuel lines to the carburetor with whatever fuel you want to run, you push it to qualify, and you fire it up, and you go like heck for two laps, and then by the you're time on, your like, two laps are done, whatever crazy fuel, right? Yeah. You got, you know, nitromethane <clears throat> and <Yeah>. acetone and <laughs> hydrogen peroxide <laughs> in your fuel filters, and by the time you come down pit lane, you've now sucked the gas out of your tank, and you are legal. Yeah, That's, well, a lot of guys did that. That worked pretty good yeah. for qualifying. Yeah. And then sixteen fuel filters right in a row. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. He's like, I'm sponsored by Fram, man. Yeah. What do you what do you expect? Dirty gas up here in Canada. <laughs> right. You know? I don't want this. Yeah. So anyway, those are those are some good ones. The the, uh, uh, the, the most notorious story we know of you is that uh, sports racer, uh, the D sports racer for Scott Tucker. Yeah. Um, small rule book, but was there any way to cheat on a small rule book with a club racer like that? Not Take cheat. advantage of yes. the rule book. Take advantage yeah. of the rules. Yes. Man, with that program. You there was so wide open. You didn't really need to. I mean, I remember <clears throat> the story or the time when we were trying to get people, super smart people, involved in that program. Forty-four CFD computers or whatever. And exactly. Yeah. When when we would talk to um, Mark Hanford, who's unfortunately most famous for the Hanford device, which he hates because it was designed to slow race cars down. Most of Mark Hanford's really good work all made race cars go faster. The guy's okay. a genius, aerodynamic genius, and really fun to work with, but he was working with Multimatic as their aerodynamicist. Multimatic was helping with our D-Sports Racer program. So we wanted to get Mark Hanford involved on the thing, and he's this like Formula One aerodynamics guy. And so I- On a D-Sports Racer. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know Mark Hanford at all, and I was like, they said, well, call him. And I'm like, then try to convince him. Okay, I'll try. So I called him and, hey, Mark, you don't know me, but we're doing this thing. And he goes, ah, uh, 
NAD, you know, SCCA, National Racing. He's in England, and, you know, I got, I'm working, I got to do some work for Williams next week or whatever, you know, it was that kind of thing. I'm not really interested. And I said, well, let me send you the rule book. Just check it over and see what you would do you know maybe you can give us some advice just like what direction we should look at and, and stuff we'll find somebody else to do it so i emailed him the rule book and he writes back the next day and he goes um he said i think only one page came through of the rules can you send me the rest of it and i said nope <laughs> nope that's it it's still only like three pages <laughs> right. it's still and he goes i'm in he goes, awesome. there is okay. no race series in the world that has that aerodynamic freedom that's yeah, like that and pike's peak unlimited right. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right so he goes i'm in i want i gotta do this and so it became a huge yeah. huge thing for him because so, so that what that program was just build a legal engine and then basically go so. yeah and there was a loophole that nobody had figured out how to exploit in yeah. their engine rules because it could be one liter atmospheric Motor, yeah. and that's what everybody ran a GSX or like a turbo, what 670 six, six, three yeah. seat or three cylinder. I uh, know it was a four cylinder, oh, a really? GSXR. Okay, these well, you could do it however you wanted, yeah, but the yeah. rule was like stroke or bow or in boring stroke or yeah. 600 or D stroke at 750. Yeah, what yeah. well, we so the rule was 670 turbo or a thousand atmospheric. Yeah. I don't know how they came up with 670. Yeah. And so we looked at it, and we built some 1,000 atmospherics and bought some from other guys. And they would make, good ones would make 200, 205 was a pretty good 1,000 yeah. yeah. motor at the time. And so then we built some, we took thousands and de-stroked them because we wanted the reliability mm -hmm. of a 1,000 rather than a 600. Right. And we started putting some turbos on it, and we got this guy Shane Tecklenburg, who's yeah, famous tuner. Yeah. yeah, well, I saw him today at the sh at the show again, and this guy is like berserk, and as far as what he can tune, and so we got him to tune it along with Colin Mason, our data guy, who's like a wizard electronics guy, and those two guys, we turned them loose on it. Uh, with Rick Kipley, who was the actual engine builder who built the hardware for the thing, okay. and those three guys went insane and made three. 80 <laughs> out of 670 cc's uh, so and what did that thing go turbo? through uh, the the one turn at road america like 190 miles an hour or? we went through the kink with colin driving flat in the kink at 165 oh, and at the end of the straightaway going into canada corner about 182 that's yeah. so frightening in a car that weighed 750 pounds with colin in it oh my god with him in it I didn't realize it was that. There's light. no minimum weight, right? There, there was. There I is. think it was 750. <laughs> okay, there, yeah. There's a. There's a. I think it's bigger now. They've they've Baby. upped the weights. Yeah. They kind of changed that class a little bit. That's but. so crazy. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I might have that wrong. Maybe it was 900. That's what it was. It was okay. 900 with him in it. Okay. And I think it also had a minimum weight without the driver of 750. 750. So okay, it was okay. 900 pounds with Colin okay, in wow. it. That's what it was. Now what, uh, you know, you've <clears> obviously <throat> had a lot of success and a lot of different, um, you know, different endeavors, but what are some events that are out there that you have not participated in yet that you would like to? I mean, aside from our, our grid life track battle stuff, oh, obviously. Yeah, you definitely want to kill that. That looks like but a lot of fun, actually. Yeah. You should bring yeah. the Miata out sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> our, our, our jump car program, our jump car program has had to uh, champ car now. Have they changed the name? They did. Somebody just told me last this week. Week. It's champ yeah. car now. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of well. I guess that's okay. <laughs> we 
He's like, I remember Champ Car. Like right. the real Champ Car. Well, that's when you said Champ Car. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I ran that series. No, they, they was, changed the name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Take it off. it's it's gotten more it's gotten more yeah. professional over the time. So uh, anyway, we yeah we haven't run. We ran one race this year in our with our Miata, and it was we did a family thing. So it was me and Colin and our other son Travis. The three of us drove. We had my wife, Colin's wife, Travis's girlfriend, and that was our team. We went oh, to cool. Atlanta yeah. and we ran and. I drove and two hours, Colin drove two hours, Travis drove two hours, I drove two hours, so we did our rotation. And that was 12 hours done, and we looked at our watches and we went, You want to drive? No, you drive. No, I'm tired. Who <laughs> put it in the trailer and went home? It. Yeah, we went home. <laughs> is there any, like you said, is there anything that, uh, that uh, is a draw like, still? Like Pikes Peak good. or Bonneville or any, any stuff like I've that? I've always that... wanted to do Bonneville. Yeah? Yeah, you've um, never done it? I've never done Bonneville, okay. and I have a good friend of mine, Ted Wentz, who builds motors. Went to Bonneville a couple times, built a lot of motors for there. He's in the 200-mile-an-hour club. He says, you got to come and do it. Yeah. yeah Austin was, was just there this year. His first yeah. time we, either of us have seen it. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. Speed Week is great. And that, that place is just, the vibe there is so just really, huh? really cool. I, have I, you ever been out to Speed Week? No. Oh, so I, I highly I, I recommend it. Go. Even if you don't put anything <clears> together, <throat> highly recommend it just for, like, that first Just weekend. take a Miata and, uh, and then say, I have do a, I want to drive now and leave? Yeah. <laughs> I have a Triumph Spitfire. At home, which is the only race car I still have at home. Which Did is you the say that was your first race car? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I still have it. Yeah. And it hasn't. I haven't even started it in ten years, and I haven't. It hasn't turned a wheel in twenty-five years. Okay. But it's a 1964 Mark II Spitfire with 1147 cc motor on twin slide uh, SU carbs. SU carbs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. It's like hot stuff back then. Huh? Yeah, now it's uh, and I walk by it all the time and I, and I bought. Oh, it's when we were doing the D Sports Racer program. I had all these bike motors and there was like tons of them and they were like just there at yeah. the shop and I was, thought you know maybe maybe so I looked through some rules for Bonneville and you can do motor swaps on things. And I yeah. thought I could drop a GSXR in my Spitfire and go for whatever the class was. You know, he shows G- up with a 670cc turbo, 380 horsepower. Yeah. Shane Tinklenburg's got to shut it down because it'll eat itself. Right, and exactly, exactly. And I thought I could bolt that in there and maybe go get a like a Bonneville yeah. uh, speed record. It, it looks cool. like the rules are actually fairly open for for the classes. It, so the the class that it would fit in. I have to go back and look at all the details, but it was like 188 miles an hour was the okay. record. And I did some aero calculations and, and drag calculations and thought, yeah, this would be possible. And then it it never happened. So, yeah, Bonneville is something I've always okay. thought would be cool. Other than that, um, if I could do, I don't know near enough and I don't know, I could never get a job doing this, but if... Somebody could transport me to be an engineer, and I had enough knowledge to really do it competently, which I don't. To go MotoGP racing, oh, I would yeah. do that in oh, a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah, That's my favorite form of racing. Are you still doing uh, track days and yeah. stuff on bikes? Yeah, it's yeah. when I can, yeah. yeah. And I, it gives me appreciation for how good those guys really are. Yeah. And I just love... Yeah. It's... it's we shouldn't get started on what I think is <laughs> wrong or what could be, how racing could be better. The last time you told us yeah. to take the wings away. <clears throat> yep. Okay, yeah. so, yeah. Yep. so it's the epitome of that. MotoGP, 
they, they, they've restrained themselves. They, the yeah. winglets came a couple years ago, We're and they took them away, and now they're trying to get them back. And I hope yeah. the MotoGP guys keep stripping them of the downforce yeah. because it's so much fun to watch those guys. Yeah. I mean, you it's can so get wild. to see. It's like I've told you guys last time. You know, I Scott Dixon, I think, and all those IndyCar guys are amazing drivers, but I never get to really kind of see that. Dan Gurney said not too long ago, he said, auto racing should be harder than it is now and it should look that way yeah and it doesn't look that way it's still really hard i know what these drivers are going through and i can see it every day and i can see the data and i can see the amazing things they do yeah but i have to look at data and talk to them and understand it to see that and then fan from the outside doesn't get to see that in motor gp man you really get to see yeah. it yeah what i love about motorcycles too is that you know the the rider can use his body obviously for performance advantages and stuff but there it's also just so fluid oh yeah you know it's, it's just so it's, cool looking oh yep. it's it's awesome when you see him on the front wheel with the rear wheel like nearly just off barely the ground, on the ground yeah. and the thing sliding into the like corner backing it in a little bit it doesn't yeah. look possible but no, they yeah. do it. it's like defying no. physics yeah, yeah. yeah we, we talked to paul gerard yesterday who's raced a lot of stuff for a long time and he ran a friend of ours his pike speed car last year um and I, I expected him to say it's the craziest thing I've ever driven. It's so hard to drive. And he said, no, it's my favorite car I've ever driven. It's so easy to drive. I mean, it's got the craziest arrow you've ever seen. F1 developed yep, yeah, by F1 yep. guy. Um, and he said, it's the easiest thing I've ever driven when it doesn't break. It's the fastest, craziest fastest. car I've ever driven. Well, I mean, um, they're not bound by rule books like LMP2 is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But well, that, that speaks to what the arrow has done to a lot of, a lot exactly. of series. Exactly. I mean, Pike's yeah. Peak would be cool. And I, I'm looking forward to talking to, so at... Daytona this year are so we have Colin and John Bennett driving the cars. The uh, the other two drivers are Luke Duvall, who is an Audi factory P1 driver, okay. and Romain Dumas, who ran Pikes Peak and has his own Pikes Peak team. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm looking forward to talking to him about that because yeah, that'd he, be really cool. He's he. Uh, did he win Pike Speak or he set records? Uh, he, I can't he remember. Won one of the classes. He was there a couple of years when I was there. And, okay. Uh, yeah, interesting. He's guy. a top I talked guy. to him for a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm looking forward to the talking Haribo to him. Haribo gummy bear car. Okay. Uh, yeah. Right, right. He had a Porsche with Haribo on it one year and uh, yeah, very, uh, very fast. Yeah. Very fast driver. So uh, Pike Speak, I think, would be cool. The other forms of racing, I think, that are interesting for sure is hey, the America's Cup stuff is pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know anything about sailing, but no, yeah. man, when you're flying a boat, like literally flying yeah. it and it's not touching the water except yeah. these little foils, yeah. that's pretty cool. It's very different. I don't know anything about it, but Austin Austin likes boats now. Uh, that's I want to live, yeah. live on a sailboat. I want to live on a sailboat now. Live on a sailboat. Yeah. Okay. That's the plan because okay. uh, if I live that lifestyle, I won't have much money to travel, and uh, wind happens to be free. Yeah. Free, free wind. So that's cheaper good. than diesel fuel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's yeah. good. Yeah. Other than that, man, I've been pretty lucky. I've been very lucky. Done a lot you of things. Got to yeah. do Le Mans, and Indy, and sports cars, and Indy cars, and top field dragsters, and sprint cars, and NASCAR, and go karts all over the world, and all sorts of junior formulas. And so I have nothing to complain about. Yeah. It's been been pretty pretty lucky and yeah. now i get to run my own kid and yeah that's awesome and somebody pays yeah. both of us to do it it's that's like whew, ridiculous that's pretty amazing <laughs> that's, that's dream stuff right yeah there. it's been there's been a long enough time where i was paying to do that and now somebody's paying us and they think yeah. they're getting a good deal so so after all these all these years <clears throat> and stuff and all these different series is it is it just work or is it still uh, the thing you want to do when you wake up every day yeah no it's absolutely not work it's <laughs> that's awesome to hear when that when that check rolls in i'm like 
open it up and go, oh, yeah. oh forgot about cool. that. Cool. Forgot yeah, about that. <laughs> they, wow, this is pretty, them again, huh? pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, they don't, I don't really understand. That's awesome. But I would, you know, and, and I'm not, you know, John Bennett, who writes that check, is like, he gets it. He's like, yeah. you know, hey, John, you know I do this for free. He's like, yeah. Probably wouldn't but do it as well. It. You're <laughs> worth it. So it's good that people still think it's worth it. At least there's and money in composites, and uh, and he can fake it as advertising. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and he's talk about a guy. You know, I just said I'd do it free because obviously I'm passionate about it, and so what I want to do. Here's a guy, John Bennett, who wanted to go racing from the time he was a little kid. His parents didn't know anything about racing. He had no really way in. His parents thought it was a crazy idea, yeah, and, yeah. But, and John never gave up that dream. So here's a guy who was in high school, wanted to race, didn't know how to, nobody could help him. So he decided that the way to become a professional race car driver, his way, the way he could see clear to do it, was make enough money so he could buy his own professional race cars. So he set out as a 17 or 18-year-old to find a business that could make him a lot of money so he could buy his race car. So that was his, literally his driving force in life? Oh, that was his awesome. driving force. From, <laughs> good, good for from him. From being a 17, 18-year-old kid, you know, in high school, what am I going to do? How am I going to get to be a race car driver? So he picked his college um, area of study based on what kind of company he was going to start so that that company, not because he was passionate about the company or being a businessman or making money, so he could make as much money as he could to be, buy a race car so he could go racing. That's awesome. Yeah. And so he went and got a mechanical engineering degree, got out of school and went, hmm, this composite thing is really just kind of taken off and it seems pretty good and like aerospace companies are buying this stuff. I'll start a composite company. So he started it with like bare minimum stuff. I think maybe he got a job at a composite company and kind of figured out how it all worked and then saved up a little money and then started his own composite company and da 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 was very successful. And with the driving force not, not to be a build a big business but to build a big business and spend all that money on racing that's so cool and that's what he did so he's not a gentleman driver he just uh went about it a different way he's uh, a, he's been pro racing since he was 18 yeah, yeah. he just hasn't actually had the title yet you yeah know? so he's it's pretty cool there's that's very so cool. few guys who will devote their whole life and there's lots of guys i mean colin's a good example he devoted his whole life to being yeah. a professional yep. race car driver so did john they just yep. met in totally different That's paths. awesome. It's a pretty cool guy. Very, very cool. Really cool. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's, uh, we, I think we did a show and a half yeah. here. Yeah, um, it, it looks like the show just got we out, We should probably too. let Jeff go. Yeah, and, that's okay. Uh, no problem. Yeah, it's always do, a pleasure. We need to do this again. Yeah. This Anytime. Awesome. Yeah. Anytime. We, we, could, we could probably fill that 17-hour yeah. uh, memory card. What's the season look like uh, coming up for you guys? So we have the roar coming in right after yep. New Year's. The roar before the 24. And... Yeah. Everybody, all the cars have to be there for that, and we're excited about that with uh, Dumas and Duvall and Colin and John. Mm -hmm. And then we'll run the rest of those. I think there's ten races on the prototype schedule, yeah. so we'll do that. We got three or four different tests coming up, um, and that's pretty much it. I every year I say I'm not going to go do something else, mm -hmm. you know, like Ferrari Challenge or LMP3 or yeah. something like that, and I've. 
been really unsuccessful at keeping to that promise. <laughs> but I've said it again this year. I'm not going to do anything else. I'd like to have some more time at home. But yeah. Um, so maybe I'll do, I don't know, Friday Challenge. It's fun going and running some of those guys because they're new guys and you can really help them out. It's rare that I get a chance to go to a racetrack and, and help somebody go one or two seconds faster on the weekend. You know, mm-hmm. it's, we're usually, hey, we gained a tenth after six sessions. Yay, yeah. we yeah. did great. <laughs> um, so that's kind of fun. And LMP3 thing is kind of taken off. Those are pretty cool cars. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's very much like an LMP2 cars where they operate in the suspension with the third springs and all that yep. kind of stuff. So I did a little bit of work on one of those last year. And okay. They're going to go race again, so maybe I'll do some of that. So, so just staying busy, huh? Yeah, yeah, staying busy. This P2 project takes a lot of time. It's spending like a it. lot of time in, in the shop. Especially since it's brand new yeah. for you guys. I, and that's the thing. Yeah. The mechanics have to understand the car, and I have to understand it, and we have to set up equipment coming. and <clears throat> you know, So there's a lot to kind of get rolling. And yeah. at CORE, we've, we have some new people who are in. We shut down our global rallycross program which okay. we used to run i think you guys knew about that yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. yeah. <clears throat> so we you're in that what two seasons for two seasons yeah. in the hopes that we could land a factory to go supercar racing we ran in the lights class which is the the kind of spec class yeah um for global rallycross for global rallycross yeah the support series for the big one basically exactly yep. and we didn't uh land the factory there's just factories are not really interested in the global rallycross thing the way it's run in the u.s it's um they're struggling a little bit with their marketing and their tv presence and yeah. all it of that kind make of a stuff. pretty entertaining tv show though it's, it's a it's a good tv show yeah i watched it for like an hour while i was at the airport a few weeks ago it's it's not terrible to watch no 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 it's pretty fun it's to watch. also hard to launch a new race series <laughs> so. yeah. yeah yeah and i think a lot of these manufacturers are they're looking at like formula e and that yeah. kind of stuff before they're looking at the global rallycross thing and so anyway or maybe we just did a terrible job and they're not interested in us <laughs> but in any case no factory came knocking on our door saying yeah. run our global rallycross program so it was a two-year attempt at that and in the meantime we had a blast i mean yeah, that was looked awesome <laughs> that was a lot of fun we tore up more stuff than you can imagine and and that's the way global rallycross is it's a lot like drag racing you do it five-minute practice session you come in and the thing is blown apart in every way and you got to rebuild it for another five-minute practice session and so where i was going with that our two lead mechanics on our global rallycross program are now on our lmp2 program and it's fun to see so our our lmp2 program has a very diverse group of talents yeah all like super super talented guys from the muscle milk p1 chief mechanic to guys who have done stage rallies to global rallycross mechanics to uh our truck driver who's 20 years at in nascar never been to a sports car race in his life really yeah, yeah. Wow. And so we got this really diverse <laughs> group and it's it's interesting to see so everybody has a super enthusiasm because it's not like well we've this is the 20th time I've done this. You know, it's like, yeah. wow, this is all new. And so that's kind of yeah. kind of exciting to, to work with those guys. But it takes some time to get everybody on the same page because yeah. their pages have always been different. You're starting from scratch with a team almost. Huh? Yeah. yeah. But it's great to have because they look, everybody looks at it from a fresh perspective. It's yeah. like, yeah. why do you do it that way? Well, it's the way we've always done it. Really? Wouldn't you do it this way? 
oh yeah, that's a lot better. You know, and yeah. so everybody's learning from everybody. Yeah. So. Well, it'll it'll be really fun to watch uh, you guys at uh, Daytona. Yeah. So yeah where we'll can where can people follow along with uh, with you and with the team? So there's coreautosport.com. Okay. They're also on Core is also on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and I think it's all Core Autosport. Yeah. You know, at Core Autosport or yeah. all that kind of stuff. And for me, um, I'm not super great at all that stuff, but I you do, do some, some Instagram. Stuff, I do some though. Instagram stuff. It's at JVBRAUN, yeah. and that's the same on Twitter. And yeah, I I try to. I have a Facebook page. Yeah, what is that thing called? It's again? Auto Racing Tech Tips. That's right. Oh, that's, right. that's right. And so if you look that up on Facebook, yeah. I I'm. It's when I have time, which I've yeah. been pretty lax on putting stuff on there, but. You got some cool stuff on there, though. Yeah, I try to do yeah. things for fans that are tech related, but you don't have to be an engineer to understand them. Yeah. So you can go on there and read about some things that maybe you walk around the paddock and you go, "I wonder why they do that." Well, I try to maybe yeah. explain some I of those things. I hate how Facebook like hides things if it's not just a person that you're friends with. Yeah. So every like few months, I'm like, "What was Jeff Braun's page?" And I like look through all the pages. Uh, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. That's what it is. So that's I, what then it is. I usually get the new thing you put on there. Yeah, but, and I don't. Uh, yeah. It's sometimes they'll. I'll go three or four months. Yeah, I just yeah. don't have time. But yeah, it's auto racing tech tips. Yeah, it's a very so, cool little uh, page you've got. There, so. Thanks. Thanks. Um, yeah, I hope you guys uh, do good this year. Hope you have a good time the rest of the show. Looking forward to it. You yeah, guys yeah. too. Your yeah. I see your racing project. You know, yeah, that's it's, it's been a busy couple of years for us. Yeah. Um, hosting events and uh, and we've got our own little cars that we play with and, and it it's, looks it, looks awesome. It's a, it's a busy hobby. I think uh, it's cool that you guys can do that. And so here's a guy, Derek. <laughs> Good to see you. Yeah. Good volunteer. Yeah. No, this is this is like this. This is Derek Dong, the smartest brake guy in the oh, industry. Yeah? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, he's How's taught me more about. Austin Cabot. Yeah. How you doing? Great. How are hey, you? Andrew Bay. Nice to meet you, man. Yeah. We're just about wrapping this up. Volunteering me uh, to something? No. No, I'm just. <laughs> telling, we're just wrapping up with him. We're just wrapping up our interview, yeah. and I'm just saying that you're the smartest brake guy. Does he have something to do with uh, with performance yeah. friction? Something to do with. Yeah. <laughs> he is for okay. PFC. Okay. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And we run a, a podcast called Slip Angle. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. Like for like wheel to wheel and, you know, uh, track day guys. And one of our sponsors, uh, OG Racing, uh, Johnny over at OG just pushes PFC on everybody, on too. Oh, so. thank you. Because it's the best stuff. Yeah, I'd yeah. to, uh, love to have you on sometime to talk breaks. Yeah. Okay, so Very cool. if your name of the company is Slip Angle, right? Which yes, sir. It actually stops the car. Breaks? Oh, friction. Tires. Yeah. Tires. That's your first question. <laughs> yep. <laughs> See you, Derek. That guy is... Is he based out of Chicago? Brilliant. Uh, no, in South Carolina, right? Okay. Where's his... Uh, Let's say yeah. right here. Yeah. I know PFC has Pulver. some presence in Chicago. Yeah, no, that's their main, okay. that's their main thing. Okay. So Derek is... You know, it's, it's really cool. This is... Guys like Derek yeah. and hundreds of other guys are the guys that make my job fun because I can have a brake problem or a question and I can call up Derek. I've worked with him for 30 years and I can call up Derek and he'll, he's like, and it doesn't matter whether it's a, like I, I don't use his brakes on our, on our P2 car. I can't. Okay. But if I have a brake problem or a brake question or a brake issue, I'll call him up and yeah. he'll help Did me out. Did he tell you what brake pads you have to use? Yeah. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. 
I hope they give you good ones. Yeah, well, it's carbon pads Napa semi-metallic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what's been really, really fun about, you know, for Adam and I to come to an event like this, or like a couple weeks ago we were at SEMA, being able to walk around and see people that we know in the industry and then also yeah. meet new people who are very willing, you know, to share their knowledge with us when we were, you know, interested in, yeah. in different things. It's happened multiple, multiple times this weekend. Yeah, well, you guys have got a it's cool great. thing, and you're interested, and you're working hard at it, so yeah. people want to... I wouldn't call this one work. It's kind of well, like see, you. That's the same it's thing. That's what I'm you. saying, right? We don't, we don't necessarily get checks marked to us, but... Well, once in a while, I'm never out. This, right. this, is, this is like our, our hobby, social time. Well, like Derek's the kind of guy, you could ask him, you could have him on, and he could talk one second about what's the best brakes for your champ car or your SCCA car to do whatever you want to do and the next minute talk about IndyCar. I mean they have the IndyCar, they just got the IndyCar contract so all the brakes oh, really? on all the IndyCars yeah. are PFC. Oh, carbon wow. carbon brakes carb okay. and their calipers and their rotors and awesome. all of that. So I mean the guy is brilliant. They know what they're doing. And he's helped me with more cars than you know, I remember run, running one Ferrari and having a brake problem, and he came up and looked at it, and he goes, you know, and he crawls around, and he doesn't say much. He looks around, and then he comes back out, and he goes, you know what's wrong with this car? I say, yeah, the brakes are terrible. He goes, no, the brakes are fine. The firewall is flexing. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, step on the brake and watch the firewall flex, and the firewall is flexing, which makes the brake feel completely terrible. wrong. Yeah. And he's like, you can reinforce that, da, 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 da. we did that, and also the brakes were fine. So he fixed my brake problem. When it was a chassis problem. Yeah. The guy's brilliant. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so anyway, check your firewalls, people. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's fun to, fun to know guys like yeah. that. So anyway. Very yeah. cool. Um, well, we'll uh, yeah, we'll let you go, and we'll get you back on uh, as soon as we can bother you again. Yeah. Anytime. And, and it's been yeah. really fun to have you in person. Anytime. So Always a pleasure. It's way yeah. better in person, too. It's good. So. Yeah, it's more fun. Uh, Sorry, anytime. Very great. nice. Very great. nice. Thanks. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks.